Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of the Sports Memory Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Forbes. We got a great show for you tonight. First, we talk about Mr. Ike Sanford, the internet Facebook group legend, if there even is such a thing. We also look ahead to the Masters Tournament and whether or not we should even care about this thing now that it's in the fall. But most importantly, we talk our bread and butter, the NFL, and of course, week 10 of the NFL season, which is rapidly upon us. So Facebook groups are a wild ass place. If you've never been on a Facebook group, probably don't need to even be doing that. We actually run a Facebook group. Uh, it's called NFL Memes, and yes, I know. Very fucking original. Um, but we recently had something very bizarre happen on our Facebook group, and we just started this thing a couple months ago, uh, and it kind of blew up overnight. We now have almost 30,000 people in it. But we had this guy, his name was Ike Sanford, and he came in the group, and essentially what he did, he was a Steelers fan, fan. Shout, out, shout out to Brandon and all the Yenzers out there. But what he did is he just trolled the group incessantly. Came dump on, on barrels, day one. He would just dump on people, call people clowns. He'd go on and be like, the Steelers are going to win this weekend, clown. Like, you guys are fucking clowns. Every one of his opponents is clowns. And it just so happened the Steelers were really good and they could back up his shit talk. But this guy... He talked more shit than I have ever seen in a Facebook group. And he grew to this legendary status. Truly. Like, weird. He became like a celebrity within this group. And just prior to us muting him the last time I checked it, he had posted, it was like 600 uh, posts because we didn't have a post approval on or anything like that. And over 1,500 comments over the course of like three months. Um, we were looking at his stats. He's been there since, yeah, he's been there since June, since pretty much we started out the group, but it was the weirdest thing. So then he starts just absolutely trolling this group incessantly and we eventually mute him because he, people were reporting him left and right. It was, it was getting out of hand. It was getting ridiculous. And so we muted him. We did everything we could to try and get him to stop. He did not. We kept muting him. When you get muted on a group, I imagine, especially if you're a troll, that's a very damaging thing because you can't post, you can't comment, you can't do anything. And for Ike, it was, he got so pissed off about it. So he left the group and uh, people thought that we booted him. And so uh, there was a mutiny straight up. There was like a hundred people that posted on the group justice for Ike and bring Ike back. It was like hashtag justice for Ike. First of all, that's a little fucking dramatic (laughs) or like justice for Breonna Taylor, like justice for Ike. Come on. We're talking about an internet troll here. Um, A guy who left on his own accord. So it really was one of the most bizarre situations. Did any of you guys happen to tune in to watch any of this unfold? It was a full week of just a riot. And and with 27,000 people, there were so many posts popping off that we eventually had to turn on post approval. I mean, this thing got out of hand. Did any of you happen to catch it? I witnessed some of it. I'm glad that I am not an admin in there and dealing with that. I, you know, I, 
thankless job that those admins are doing in there and i appreciate that they're doing it but uh it's it's just crazy to see how many people that would you know jump on his post and badmouth them are now like free ike free ike it's like ike's free like he can come back anytime he wants nobody like he's not banned nobody supports a troll like a troll right <laughs> <laughs> like in in trolls we trust i don't know if that's their motto but i'm making it their motto um, it didn't surprise me that people came to his support because, you know, you see behavior like that rightfully. Um, I'll, I'll say the word punished. I mean, it's not like we really punished him. We just moderated. Um, but, you know, people don't like to see that. So the reaction made sense. And, and it was sort of just like watching a watching a, a big wreck. You know, I wish <laughs> you don't want to watch it, but you have to. I wish he would come back because honestly, like engagement's what we're there for. Like every one of his posts had tons of engagement. No, at, at first, uh, he was totally welcome back, 100%. He's no longer welcome back. <laughs> he, seriously, he's since come on our page, he's called us racist. Like, come on, racist. Uh, like, I see that. No, it turned into a race thing. And listen, a lot of things are race things. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, this was not a fucking race thing. In fact, we were a biggest fan. I tried so hard to get him to stop. And admittedly, so we, we got two moderators, and I just... I literally just appointed two moderators. They've people that have followed our page for a long time. And uh, one of the moderators, they deleted one of his posts and they, they cited it for hate speech. And it was a post. He was literally just calling people clowns. So <laughs> it's clowns, hate speech. Uh, no, not so fast. So I told that moderator that was ridiculous. I restored the post. He got so mad about it. He posted that thing. on like over a hundred uh, posts. And we were getting so many reports on the page. What happens on a Facebook page is if you get so many reports, Facebook eventually intervenes, especially if people are reporting it for hate speech. Because, <laughs> yeah, because Facebook is trying to prevent, you know, right. these groups from forming and, and basically being successful. Don't worry about it. Zuckerberg just said what Steve O'Banion is doing is okay. So I think we're in the clear. <laughs> I think we're in the clear here. No, so it, it, it was hilarious. And he's gone. He's gone forever. At first, we were like, yeah, he can come back. Then he came on our page, calls races. We're like, fuck this guy. Uh, I think the thing that actually set him off that made him leave is I, I wrote him and I was just like, dude, you need to chill out. And he said something snarky to me back. And I go, dude, we, tr we tried to help you out, but you're too dumb to realize it. And he, oh, man, he got so mad. And people... <laughs> On his page, you can actually go on his page now and see things. He's commented about the situation, and it's hilarious. Uh, his most recent post, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still obsessed with this guy. He's hilarious. Uh, go on his page, Ike Sanford. Uh, his most recent post is about COVID. He talks about how the virus is evolving, and he says this virus is not from this Earth. He said he, His theory is that the virus was dropped off by an asteroid. Um, and so I think my point about him being dumb is pretty Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, rest in peace, Ike Samford. Um, anybody on our Facebook group that might be listening to this, uh, if you're upset about Ike, um, listen, do us a favor. Uh, write us a really long email. Put a lot of all caps. Uh, turn spell check off. Uh, send us that email. But before you do, print it out, fold it up real tightly, and shove it right up your ass. Ike is not coming back. I'm sorry you're sad about this troll that called you all clowns, but it's over. It's over. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Did you guys see the hole-in-one the other day? That skipped yeah. off a lot. 
That was awesome. That 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 skimming the top. That was pretty sweet. So that wasn't actually like in competition, or was it? No. So the Wednesday before, there's always like a a hole in one par three like uh, thing that they do for fun beforehand. I don't know if it's for charity or for practice or what it is, but before most majors, uh, there's a little par three hole in one competition that that goes on. Right. So that. Did he was that actually like a trick shot or was that just gonna go go in the water and then it happened to skip off? No, they're those golfers are too good. That had to be on purpose. Um I, I'd imagine. Like, you know, maybe if one of us is swinging and it get a low line drive like that, maybe I'd believe it if that was like an amateur, but no, a professional hits a shot like that. I gotta imagine. Uh Masters in November, are you for it or against it? <laughs> I think it sucks, honestly. Like I, I love the Masters. Um, I'm a terrible golfer, but I actually I, I watched a lot of it when we had nothing else to watch. And I weirdly, weirdly have gotten more in into golf. I, I know more of the more players than I probably have ever known. Um, but it's just gonna get absolutely shadowed, right? Like starting to talk about college football playoff, um, NBA news is starting to swirl. We're in the heat of the NFL. The Masters is going to get, absolutely get buried, and I think it sucks. What about you guys? You think you guys will watch any of it at all? No, I had no idea it was on until uh, I was prepping for this. So kind I of watched it all day. Me. I watched um, it all day. I think had it been you know back in the in the summer when we had no sports, probably would have done great. But yeah. right now, like, I mean, it's hard to say we have too many sports. But I feel like we have too many sports. Definitely um, have sports. Yeah. yeah, and it's been that way since they've come back. It's just like there was a period of time where I think during the World Series, it was like a Thursday in between games. I was like, I feel like this is the first day we haven't had something in like two months. It's been just wall to wall. Yeah, um, the Masters, it's perfectly placed where it is in the year. In April. Uh, yep. It's in April. So, uh, you know, I, I lived up in Indiana, obviously, Brandon, that's where we met. Um, and so if you're from a northern state, the Masters is even more interesting to you because it's just starting to become spring, right? So like the sun's coming out, you're able to play golf. Uh, you see that beautiful course, it's green. To me, it embodies the spring. Yep. Um, and it's a great sport to kind of come out of your shell. You know, a lot of people start playing golf. It's I, I love watching them or going to play like a Thursday morning or Saturday morning round and then going back, drinking some beers and watching the Masters all day. But it just loses its luster in the fall. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. No. Yeah. Well, for, what, is it, what does the course look like? Is it is it just like trees with no leaves and like what is it? How's it looking? I'm not right. even sure. Yeah, it, it has a different look to it. I mean, the the course is obviously beautiful. Um, you, you can tell. You know, the lack of lack of spring flowers aren't there. Uh, the trees aren't as green. They're not completely barren, but yeah, it's it's a different look for sure. Um, the weather is about the same. <laughs> I mean, it did rain today, um, but it rains a lot in, in early April too. So right, um, the, the rain the rain is about the only aesthetic thing that is that is similar in that regard, Derek. Sure. Uh, if anyone is interested, I know you two aren't. Uh, the guy I have I have money on two guys, um, Xander Shoffley is is one that uh, I listened to Ryan Burr. Ryan Burr is my go-to for for golf, one that I I had no idea Ryan Burr even existed, but he's phenomenal. Um so I got the Xander Shoffley pick up for him and then I'm a huge Dustin Johnson 
fan. I mean, um, he's a great social media follow. He's just like just a boss dude. Um, and he's he's at negative three. So he he is four off the lead, which you know isn't great, but it's only the first day. So if you want some great odds uh going into the weekend, um, I'd take Dustin Johnson and and Xander, my guy, uh, is only two off the lead. So nice. Yep. Shit. Well, the NBA is back in the in the news. Obviously, the the NBA season is officially a go. Um, I believe it starts what Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, the twenty fourth. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Yep. yep. So, um, a lot of you know, I think we were kind of denied one interesting storyline last year, in that you know Kevin Durant went over to Brooklyn. They signed him knowing that they weren't going to have him for the entire twenty twenty year. Um, Kyrie Irving went over there and just kind of floundered. Looked looked kind of like. Kyrie Irving needs he needs another superstar to be. He, he looked like Ky, he looked like him Kyrie after LeBron left Cleveland, and yeah. and then they end, up, they end up being the worst team in the league with him. I mean that's that's how they end up getting the Wiggins pick that they end up, end up traded for Kevin Love. Um, but yeah, no, Brooklyn was really bad. You know, a lot of times when players leave teams, they want they want to prove something. You know, and Kyrie wanted wanted so badly to prove that he didn't need LeBron, and yeah, I mean he's he's a good player, but man, he he's not one of those. He's not you know he's not an elite player. I, I was. I mean he 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 failed to do it by himself in Cleveland. He failed to do it in in uh, Boston. Uh, actually, he was like the worst part of Boston. They shifted shipped his ass out of there as soon as they could. Kemba yep. Walker came into town, and Kemba Walker was a way better teammate than Kyrie is. So I, I think Brooklyn's a mess this year. Um, even with who I think you you guys disagree, who I think is the best basketball player in the league, Kevin Durant. Um, I think that I think Brooklyn has disaster written all over it. So, yeah, in, term, in terms of scorers, I mean, yeah, like just just best player. We talked about that earlier. Uh, who's the best player in the NBA? I mean, in terms of the best scorers, yeah, he's he's unstoppable, but he's not a great defender. So that I, I think that's what our conversation was earlier in, in an earlier podcast was, you know can he be the best player in the league if he's not an elite defender? I don't think he can. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Yeah. Um, but for, for those, for those that uh, do, do follow the NBA, the draft is next week um, on the 18th. And it's, it's going to be one of the weaker drafts. You know, last year we had Zion and it was huge this year. Right. Uh, LaMelo ball is the biggest, which means I definitely won't be watching because that means he'll have his dad, all over the TV screen. So I will be staying far away from the, uh, the NBA draft. Um, but uh, as, as we talked about earlier, the last thing on the NBA I want to touch on, we can move on is, did you guys see this Oladipo news that came out today? No. He openly went into the Miami heat locker room after the game and said, guys, can I come play for you next year? And it just leaked today. They don't know which Miami heat player uh, is, Leaked it, but um, it, it's out. And India, in, the Pacers have openly come out and said, yeah, we're trading him. Like Oladipo is 100% on the block. We are not going into the season with him, which I don't understand why they do that. They kind of did that with Paul George too. And I think it totally diminishes the value. Um, but but some early teams in the lead is is Miami, obviously. You know, they got uh, they obviously just went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So he, he's an option there. Um, you have Porzingis and uh, Luca down in Dallas. Um, the uh, the the Nets, like we were just talking about with Kyrie and, and Durant, 
And then rumor has it he is very, very close with Kai, uh, Kyle Lowry in Toronto. So um, do you think any of those teams, if he, if he would go to any of those teams, do you think they could compete with the Lakers next year if he made a big three with any of those teams? I mean, personally, if LeBron is anywhere near to what he was last year, I don't think any team is going to compete with the Lakers because I think Anthony Davis just gets better. Um, he, Anthony Davis really hasn't even hit his prime yet. And he was, God, man, when he turned it on last year in the playoffs, I, who, who could beat the Lakers? I mean, they, all they're going to do is they're going to recruit some more role players because that's what the NBA is. Uh, guys will come over who are, you know, they'll take less because they've played in the league for 10 years and they're afraid they're not going to get a ring. That's what that's what happened in Miami. That's what happened in Cleveland. That's what's going to happen even more. They, I don't think they got a lot of great role players in L.A., and yep. um, I think that they're going to get even more this year. I mean, if name some great role players that they had last year, they really didn't have a lot of good ones. No. Danny Green, that awful. So yeah, yeah I think it's going to be even better next year. So no, I don't think they can compete. Yeah, the, the, the only team that the I Mavericks, think... if the Mavericks can get him without giving up a big piece, I, I really I think Dallas could compete. Uh, I think uh, Luca continues to progress. He's he's gotten better every year. Kristaps back and healthy. That big three could give him enough scoring um, and enough big bodies for Willie Stein to to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. The team I like there is is Toronto with Lowry, DeRozan, and Pascal uh, Siakam plus Oladipo, and I think they have the best coach in the league in Nick Nurse. Um, so I think Toronto could be pretty for that's a, that's not a three headed monster. It's a four headed monster in Toronto. So sure. that's 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 who I would think if anyone want to give the Lakers a run, it, it would be uh, up there in the north. Let me ask you thoughts on Golden State. I just don't think they got the dogs. I think uh, I don't I don't I don't think Draymond and uh, uh, Curry and who's who's the other shooter? Who's Clay, the Thompson. Other shooter? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah, I mean, listen to those three compared to the three guys we were just talking about. I, I yeah. honestly think it's over. For them in, yeah. in Golden State, yeah, I hope so. I like, I like Draymond a lot when he's your four, but when he's your three, that doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. Agreed, yeah. agreed. All right, guys, let's dive into the NFL, our bread and butter. Uh, and I, I, there's there's a there's a topic, you know, around this time. It's actually earlier in the year that they already start this conversation, but around this time, you know, you look at these teams, you look at teams like the Steelers at eight and zero, and one of the hottest topics on the docket for every podcast every uh sports show that you're seeing is it, are the Steelers overrated can you be overrated at eight and no um I that's a good question so what do you look at do you look at strength the schedule how do you rank it so there is a metric out there known as uh, DVOA it ranks your defense and your offense and we were talking about it prior to the pause uh, to the podcast it's it's essentially like war in um, baseball, it's like wins over replacement. Like how much better? Uh, Derek, give 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 your take on DVOA. I feel like I'm not going to do this justice. Yeah. So so the way I understand it is, it's similar to war in the fact that it takes, uh, in this case, an offense as a cumulative entity, not just an individual player, and ranks it above or against the replacement um, based on your opponent, on things like weather or stadium, home away. Basically, takes all those other elements that, that can be controlled in a schedule and tries to factor for them, so you can really put a team versus each other. 
um, because not all 300-yard passing game, 100-yard rushing games are created equally. Uh, some of those are harder and more impressive to to you know, to obtain. Uh, just because you did it against you know the the Seahawks, it's not as impressive as, it, as if you did it against like a team like the Saints or uh, a team like the Steelers. Yeah, it's just it's so comprehensive, right? Like it literally it literally ha- the formula is for every single play. So an example that I read that makes tons of sense if you want to understand this. First on the offensive perspective, if you get a first down, if you get 5 yards on third and 4, that's worth more than 5 yards on first and 10, and it's even more yard or even more ranks better if you get 5 yards on third and 12. The 5 yards on third and 4 are better than those other two scenarios not all five yards are created equal and then flip that over if you get a stop on third and four that's better than a stop on first and ten and, and so on and so on yeah it's just if you look at if you look at this the stat sheet uh think of like a a, a 15 yard uh, corner route to the sideline perfectly thrown ball tight coverage is that a more impressive play or a little flip out to the running back and there was blown coverage and nobody was in the flat and he got ran out of bounds 15 yards later like yeah. That's how you you take those two plays that on a stat sheet are exactly the same, but they're not the same. Yep. And like what Brandon was saying, it almost gives a metric for like it it gives you an upgrade for like quote unquote being clutch, right? Yep. You get exactly. five yards on third and four, it's way more clutch than getting five yards on. Yeah. That's so how you filter it, Matt Ryan garbage timeout. Right. <laughs> it's as close to saber metrics. I mean, there 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 are some advanced metrics. They're becoming a bigger part of the game. Um, you know, PFF obviously has a lot of me- metrics. Uh, this is a metric that's produced by footballoutsiders.com. Um, and it has grown in popularity greatly. And a lot of people live and die by it. Um, if you look at all the previous uh, Super Bowl winners, like going all the way back to when this metric can even be uh, drawn up, it is extremely accurate. So if you're looking for an edge in like gambling, anything like that, you know, if, if, if you just are kind of have a toss-up pick, it's a good reference point. But at this point in the year, to look at it, there are some interesting teams that are here at the top. So number one team in the NFL, according to this metric, is the New Orleans Saints. No real surprise there. So the way it does it is it ranks their offense and their defense. And I, I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a good indicator. Like if, if, if Pittsburgh is, you know, six in the league and they're eight and no, then yeah, I'd say they're, they're overrated. Um, in this case, New Orleans at number one, their offense is ranked six overall and their defense is ranked seventh. So really well-rounded team. Now let's go to the second team on the list, which is really shocking to me, by the way. Um, and this does factor in this week. I made sure of this, um, but it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So very interesting. I mean, we, we were just talking about yesterday in the overreaction pod, you know, are the Bucs done? Um, are they in trouble? Uh, this metric says differently. This metric says that they are a really great team. And how about that with the NFC South? New Orleans number one and Tampa number two. Like, what a great division that is. Uh, so the Bucks they ranked 13th on offense. So, you know, that's about where I would have had them. And number one on defense. And 100%, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I, I'd put them or the Steelers there. Um, some other interesting teams on here, obviously Pittsburgh, who we were talking about. They rank fourth on the list, um, and they are fifteenth ranked offense. So that was a little bit surprising to me, to be honest. I, I, did, I, did you guys think that they'd be better than that? Their their offense feels better than that. 
Yeah, it's a lack of it's a lack of run game is honestly what's drag, dragging that down. Um, yeah. it, it's been inconsistent at best. Uh, I mean, if you watch the game uh, last week, Dallas has the worst run defense, and the Steelers could not run on them. Uh, a little bit with by design because Ben started just calling all the plays, and he's not taking his own ball out of his hand. But I mean, you could just tell that that something is going on with that scheme right now. Right. So. It, yep. it, it's not surprising to, to me as a Steelers fan that that 15's average, they feel like an average offense. Yeah. Right now. And honestly, this isn't telling me anything I didn't know. So they're 15th ranked offense and second ranked defense. They've won games this year by their defense. Um, and fourth overall, you know, being eight. No, uh, that, that all, all gels to me now. So if you look down this list and we're obviously not going to go through this whole list because we don't really have the time for that, but you try to look for outliers, like right? So who has a winning record and is really far down on this list? The Chicago Bears. Uh, we've been saying it a lot. We just literally said it yesterday in our pod. Uh, at five and four, they are the 17th ranked DVOA team. So clearly, this is an overrated team, uh, according to this metric. That is the first. So the, the Vikings, for instance, at um, three and what? Three and six, three, three and five, five yeah. are 14th ranked. So they're three spots higher than Chicago here. Um, Chicago's offense is ranked 28th, 28th. At one point they were what? Five and one. And they've gone on a skid obviously, but man, th- I mean, if you're looking for a team that is 100% going to collapse, their defense is ranked fourth, of course, but man, they have straight up one of the worst offenses in the league. This team is unsustainable. Yeah, with- there's some surprising ones. I mean, you look down and, and it kind of makes sense. It's those teams that are doing well in the you know wins and loss column, but you're not excited about Cleveland and Las Vegas, two teams back to back, uh, 22nd and 23rd, both five and three, and they're just not good football teams. So one, one thing we're going to get to later, and I'm going to spoil my bold prediction now. We're going to do uh, bold predictions and some other NFL predictions later. But did you guys check out this? So this is before I even saw this list. Uh, my bold prediction was the Washington football team is going to win that division. Right. If you look at them, they are four or five places ahead of Philadelphia, and they're number one in their division. And they're only a game and a half behind. So what I thought was a bold prediction, turns out if you follow this pretty closely, it's not that bold. Um, yeah. So that, that was that was something that really, really jumped out to me. Um, and well, uh, But again, yeah, it's... This- Good. No, and it's it's that offense that's that's dragging them down. So maybe with with you know Mister Checkdown coming in, you know with a new quarterback, all they can do is up go up. Well, I guess they could go one spot down, but mostly all they can do is up. So I actually like in, infusing a new quarterback into that system because you know if, if Alex Smith can only be marginally better than what they were producing, you know I think they're looking really good to to win that division. For sure. Yeah, and I feel better about my Miami's better than Buffalo claim, too. Yep. Seeing this. <laughs> Miami's ranked 10th and Buffalo is ranked 13th. So according to this metric, it, all, it all also appears that Buffalo is overrated. Um, they have a 10th ranked offense and a 17th ranked defense. That was actually really surprising to me when I saw this. Um, I think people kind of just chalk up Buffalo's defense as this good defense. It really isn't. I mean, it, yeah. it has not been as good as it has been in recent years. Uh, their offense is really carrying them. 
And I, that's another team, just like the Bears, that I've been saying is overrated. I think Buffalo is overrated. I really you just do. assumed Buffalo's defense on reputation is good. Uh, just because right. they have been for the past five years, they've been consistently good. And now you right. see this, and and it kind of you know shows why you're not super excited about a team like Buffalo. Sure. sure. And look out, Miami's only what one loss only has one more loss than them. It looks like they played a, uh, one fewer game. So I had I had NFL Network on today. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. I had ESPN on today. Everyone was talking about how the upset potential in the Pittsburgh uh, Cincinnati game. Seeing their DVOA, I am not worried about it at all. Um, but you know that 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 the Cincinnati bidding Pittsburgh has been a sexy upset pick by these metrics. Uh, not so fast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes I like those in-division picks because, you know, they're close games. But then in this case where one team has been so dominant, I think it's in a lot of these Cincinnati players' heads that they can't beat Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Yep. The only other takeaway I have from these from these rankings is that the Rams are better than I think they are. I know. Uh, I saw that too. I was like, man, they're top 10 on both sides. I was hoping Brandon wasn't going to see it because we just talked about it yesterday. Um, although Brandon did just contradict himself yesterday on a, on a podcast I said we were talking about yesterday. We were saying, is, is Minnesota better than uh, the Rams? According to this, not so much. The Rams are ninth ranked on this. I've been saying this about the Rams all year, though. Their defense is phenomenal. Dude, the Rams' defense is like elite. But according to this metric, their offense is also fifth ranked in the league. That, that blew my mind. I... I Straight up did not expect that. To me, that just shows what a genius Sean McVay is. For sure. Yeah, the the thing that jumped out to me that Derek and I started talking about, I don't think anyone would put Indy as a top 10 team. They have Indy as the sixth best team. Um, And and pretty comfortably there. They, They have Indy over Green Bay, Seattle, the Rams, Arizona, they're, you know, they're who they're behind in in the division. They're uh, six places higher than Tennessee. Um, they, I didn't. I don't think Indianapolis is that good. Damn, that was that was the biggest surprise out of this entire list for me. Is is where Indy comes out of. I, I think mine is. We always talk about how Arizona can't stop anybody. They're a tenth ranked defense. Yep. And we we are. All we do is talk about how terrible they are and they can't stop anybody. They're one of three teams that has a top 10 offense and defense. It's crazy. Yeah, it is interesting. It really is. Um, but yeah, so let's go away from this. Uh, we're halfway through the season, guys. Uh, so let's give out our half, half, halfway through the season awards. Um, just straight up, it's nine weeks in. Who's your MVP? For me, uh, for me go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's he's the pick, and I, I think that honestly, I, some people might be a little hesitant after last week, but to me that reinforces it. It shows if Russell Wilson plays average, he he had uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, three hundred, a little over three hundred yards. That's an average NFL week, and they couldn't beat the Bills. So right. he is carrying that team. Um, it's amazing that he hasn't had a MVP vote before, and I think he's going to get a ton of them this year. Yeah, I, damn it! I wish I would have went first because now I'm going to sound unoriginal. I mean, not to yeah. not to reach back to the DVOA, but he is the 24th best defense. Uh, are are you kidding me? And and they're you know they're the number two seed right now in the in the NFC halfway through. I think it's got to be. Uh, I think it's got to be 
Russell Wilson, but one dark horse. I saw this today on Twitter. If you compare Kyler Murray's stats halfway through the season to Lamar Jackson's stats, Kyler Murray actually has better stats than Lamar. So, you know, if if Arizona can go on a little bit of a run, uh, I could see Kyler getting strong consideration for for MVP. Yeah, I like both those picks. Um, I Russell Wilson's my pick 100%, but I think a dark horse in this race, weirdly enough, was seeing some comparisons. Dalvin Cook. Um, there have the last two running backs that have won MVP in the league. First of all, it's not even close. Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry are just running away with best running back in the league. It's it's kind of crazy. It's like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, um, uh, Saints. Why the fuck can I remember his yeah. name? Camara, uh, and then everybody else. It is such a steep drop off after these guys, but Dalvin Cook in particular is just running away with it. And this is after missing a game. But uh, the last two running backs to win MVP are uh, Adrian Peterson and Ladanian Tomlinson. And he is actually outpacing both those players in terms of yardage with one less game. How so, did I, and I don't remember this, so this isn't a rhetorical question. How did yeah. those teams do that season? Uh, the Vikings made the playoffs, and the, the, they both made the playoffs. So, yeah. so now, now knowing that, I, I didn't know that before, does Minnesota have to win the playoffs, or does team success not factor into the MVP discussion? I think team success has to, right? I agree. Most, most valuable players. So, yeah, I think they do have to make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, this, this isn't baseball and Mike Trout. Like, this is the NFL where, where you know, those, those guys can disproportionately – carry the load i mean they get 30 touches a game they get you know 40 passes per game it's not like it's baseball where everybody gets the same number of bats right sure what about uh offensive rookie of the year halfway through the year herbert period yeah I mean, so Bur- burrows in the in the running but I, I like herbert yeah so i'm looking at the odds right now on DraftKings, and justin herbert is actually negative money that's uh that fits Derek's uh statement by hands down <laughs> Joe yeah. Burrow is uh, a, not a distant second at plus 113, but then it drops off. The next three are Tua at plus 800, Justin Jefferson at plus 20, at 2,200, and then James Robinson at plus 29. So so th- those are the top five, but, I mean, it's, it's a Burrow-Herbert neck and neck. And my reasoning, here's my reasoning why I would go Herbert. Uh, Burrow had all offseason to plan on being a starter. Herbert thought he was getting a a learn it year, right? He got thrust into it. He wasn't getting first team reps like Burrow. He he, he wasn't you know getting uh, weeks of practice where you know he, game plan was getting devised around him. Herbert got thrust into a situation that he was unprepared for and stepped up to it. So that right. that's why I would go Herbert over Burrow. But I think it's. I think there's still going to be a lot to play out in that two horse race. Yeah, uh, you got to go, Herbert. Man, he's straight up. I mean, I've never really seen a rookie season like this ever, ever. Like from any position, he. The fact that the Chargers are losing, we talk about it so much. Um, it's a travesty that they can't win with this. They have a decent defense, you know. I, I know. I know their defense has some holes. Their secondary is really bad, by the way. Um, really bad. But, uh, you know, they have a good front seven. The fact that they can't finish games is just, it's terrible. They can't run the ball. Herbert does benefit. I mean, that the fact that that team got a, what was it, the sixth overall pick last year in the draft 
is ridiculous. I mean, just imagine if they had um, – why am I Derwin. so bad? Uh, Derwin James. Yeah. The team would just be absolutely unstoppable. Um, yes, their team has under, underperformed, and, but you mentioned it before. You know, Does offensive rookie of the year, does that factor in success of the team? It doesn't really if, if, if nope. you look at your pass. So uh, I think he's a shoe in The only guy that can really challenge him is Joe Burrow, which is yep. crazy because they are both having historical seasons. The fact that Tua is even on the board surprises me. Are those updated rankings that, you're, that are uh, odds that you're looking at? November 10th. So, yeah, two days ago. How can he have that coming in on, his <laughs> on the eighth game? It doesn't even make sense to me. But, yeah, what idiot is 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 uh, betting on that? <laughs> he doesn't even look that impressive even in his second game. No. But, uh, yeah, Bur- I mean, Herbert is just running away with it. I think he's just going to get better. Just better and better and better. Like, are we looking at a legitimate um, – uh, competitor for Patrick Mahomes. Like when Patrick Mahomes came along, I was like, I've never seen a guy like this. Never seen a, a guy that came along so fast in his second year, just MVP right out the shoots. Like, are we already seeing the second Patrick Mahomes just a couple years after? It's it's, it's mind blowing. Kind of brutal too, because it's in division. So those guys are going to be going at it head to head, you know, taking wins away from each other. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's fun to see you know two guys like that play twice a year. I mean, the NFL had to manufacture Brady Manning, um, where in this case you're just going to get it because you know both those guys are going to get locked up long term. You're going to get it twice a year every year. Yep. What about defensive rookie of the year? Who you guys got? Yeah. So look, looking at these odds here, how about you guys go? Because I'm cheating. I have the odds. I still, I still like Chase. Uh, I know he's missed some time, but nobody else has really jumped out. Um, the only other two that I like in that discussion i think kind of you know th- those top three are i'm blanking the name um the guy in winfield jr and the guy in carolina the the db in carolina those are the only other two that are really they really jump out um but i still i think chase gets the benefit of it uh and i think he'll finish strong and that's a surprisingly good defense we look you know looking at this dvoa earlier washington's a top 10 defense um and i think he's a big reason of it yeah I mean, Washington, this is how funny Washington is of a team. Yes, 100% Chase Young. Um, I mean, he's the, the guy came out and people were like, wow, we've never seen a talent like this in quite some time. And he really is that monster guy. Uh, he, he's like, you know, Nick Bosa. Uh, the fact that they came out in consecutive years is kind of unreal. Um, I really think we're seeing a renaissance of talent in the NFL at both sides of the ball. And Chase Young is, man, if you look at him physically, how do you stop this guy? He's performing on the field. And like we were talking about, uh, going back to DVOA, the Washington the Washington football team is sixth on defense. Sixth. Yep. 31st on offense. 31st. So, yeah, they're, they're that good because of Chase Young. Yep. The The other guys getting consideration that you guys didn't say, uh, the, the second, the third best odd. So, Derek, you were right. Antoine Winfield down in Tampa Bay, who's had just a monster rookie season yeah uh, but but third right behind him is patrick queen uh newman who is sometimes on our podcast uh i wanted him on draft day so bad the fact that patrick uh patrick queen fell to the ravens that is like such a perfect linebacker for that team he is going to be a terror for a really long time so that's uh, drew i agree with you team success doesn't really play into it but if Patrick Queen, you know, is is on prime time a lot the last month of the year because the Ravens are in the thick of it, I think that could push him above Chase Young. Um, 
And the guy in fourth, uh, this is actually three weeks in a row, a row that I brought him up, mostly because I hear a lot about him here in Indy, is Julian Blackman, uh, another a safety that has taken over uh, Malik Hooker's job since Malik Hooker's Achilles injury. And he's been better than Malik Hooker. So Ju- uh, Julian Blackman is definitely a name, uh, that, that a rising star within the NFL. Where uh, Where is Chin from Carolina? Just out of uh, curiosity. Yeah, so Chin is fifth. So, okay. yep. So the, the odds are Chase Young, 170, Patrick Queen, 300, Antoine Winfield, 275, Blackman, 600, Jeremy Chin, 900. So, fifth. That sounds about right. Uh, yep. The one name I didn't hear is Isaiah Simmons. No love for Isaiah. He's really. Let, let, let me jump to top 10. I, I was only. Um, Isaiah really? Simmons plus 3,300. He, uh, he has the eighth best odds um, as of November 10th. So he uh, he has been on a tear as of recent. He had a really slow start, but he's really coming along. Um, if he has a strong end of the year, who knows? That's who knows? actually not bad. Um, not a bad bet, actually. I think yeah. you're right there. Uh, kind of along the same lines of my Patrick Queen. You know, if if uh, Arizona continues to play prime time and in big games, and he keeps on his tear, that could be a nice payday. Um, yeah. You know, throwing five or ten bucks at plus thirty three hundred on Isaiah Simmons. His coming out game was against Seattle when he had that monster pick, um, which really sealed the game. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's a special talent. I think it, you know, guys like that. He came in unpolished, just this phenomenal athlete. You didn't know where to put him. Do you start him at cornerback or defensive line? Like it's so fucking weird. He's so talented. But yeah, I love that guy. Just going forward, I just had to give him a shout out because Marcus isn't here, and he <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. But uh, guys, uh, coach of the year. So this one for me, there's two scenarios. Um, if Pittsburgh finishes 16-0, which they definitely could, they have a cakewalk of back end of the schedule, anybody goes 16-0, it has, that, it has to be coach of the year. They only play the Ravens. That's that's yeah. the only team. Like They so, literally so don't play anybody. It's Mike Tomlin in that scenario, or if this other scenario doesn't happen. Um, if the Dolphins do come back and end up either winning the division or making the playoffs, I think it's Flores. Because he's to make the playoffs with that bad of a roster, to me, is a bigger feat. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I think it's Tomlin pretty much. Yeah. I, I think Tomlin's kind of running away with it just because of how, f- I mean, listen, they, they, he almost should have won it last year going eight and eight with that team is fucking ridiculous. What they did last year with, with so little, um, but yeah, I, I would have to give it to Tomlin right now, but I agree with you. I, I mentioned it just yesterday, Brian Flores, man, I, if he even puts together a winning season, I think you got to give it to him. Just last year, they were talking about it being the worst roster in NFL history. Like, people were downplaying the Miami Dolphins so much. People were downplaying Brian Flores, and he's really embraced the role. Um, I think he's a really good guy. Another guy, though, that I do think deserves consideration because he has just done an exceptional job, and I don't think gets enough credit, is uh, it's Pete Carroll. Um, the fact that they are scrapping together wins, the fact that they've been as dominant as they have, the fact that they're 6-2, and two, with that bad of a defense is really impressive. I, I got to give it up to Pete Carroll. That guy has never had, he hasn't had a losing season since, um, uh, he has not had a losing season with um, Seattle. With No, no, he has had a losing season with Russell Seattle. Wilson. Russell Wilson. He has not had a losing season with Russell Wilson. It's insane. So, so this is going to piss you off, Drew. All I, right. The, the, uh, you guys nailed it. Um, the first four, very obvious. Tomlin, the leader, then Flores, then Vrabel, then Reed. 
fifth best odds according to DraftKings. Cliff Klingsbury at <laughs> plus sixteen hundred. He is just above uh, Bruce Arians at plus eighteen hundred. So there you are, Cliff Kingsbury, fifth best odds to win uh, yeah, Coach of I mean, the Year. What are your thoughts on that, Drew? If you if you marry together preseason what we thought the Cardinals were going to be and talk about how terrible that defense is, and then you look at some of the advanced stats and they're top ten in both. I mean, that's that's good coaching. I just yeah, know it, Drew hates him. So it, it, it it's impressive what the Cardinals have done. Uh, last he's not the GM though. Uh, they've they've brought in some great talent um, at at both sides of the ball. He's certainly not coaching defense, which has been you know a, a, a significant upgrade for them. And he has Kyler Murray, one of the most special talents in the entire NFL. I I, I could be completely wrong about Cliff Kingsbury. I really could. I don't think not. I am. I don't think I am. <laughs> I'm just going to wait to see it play out. I think he's got one of the best talents we've seen a quarterback come out in quite some time. We were talking about it earlier, by the way, you know, and actually this this is just, well, I'll just hold this off because I want this to be our next topic, but it is really interesting. But uh, yeah, you know what? I could be completely wrong about Kingsbury, but I don't think I am. I think he's I don't think think those two things are mutually exclusive though. I think you can be right about Kingsbury and he could have had a really good season. Uh, It's coach of the year. It's not best coach because if it was best coach, Bill Belichick wins it every single year because he's the best coach, period. But he doesn't have the best years all the time. Uh, That's why Flores is Flores the best coach in the NFL. No. Is he top five? No. But he's having the most impressive year. So I I could see Kingsbury being there, but still not being a good coach overall because I don't I don't think he is either. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah, so the next up I wanted to bring up, and it was something really interesting. We were talking about it earlier. It's not in our outline, but I do want to present this. Uh, if you look at age and talent at the quarterback position, it is heavily weighted on the AFC. So I challenged uh, our, our group of friends, our group of sports enthusiasts the other day, said, just give me a young talent in the NFC that's playing quarterback. The only one we could come up with is Kyler Murray, and, and I've scoured every team since. There is straight up. And what do you consider young? I'd say, I God, I'd even go 27 and below. 20, so just give it 27 and below. Who on the NFC is below that? Only Kyler Murray. Now we'll go to the AFC. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else too. They, Tua. Josh Allen. Yes, significantly stacked on yeah. the AFC. Like the AFC is set up for success for so long. You have these aging dinosaurs in the NFC. Like, is the NFC just going to have this massive collapse when all these guys retire? I'm talking Drew Brees, um, Tom Brady, uh, Rodgers. Sure like, it, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's a little bizarre. I've never you, sure, before yeah. the Dak injury. Would you said? Would you have said Dak? Yeah, for sure. Of course, dude. I. You know what? We make fun of Dak a lot because. Cowboys and it's good for material, but dude, Dak Prescott is a really fucking good quarterback. Yeah, he is. Just yeah, straight. Yeah, kind of, kind of a tweener, but you got to throw Deshaun Watson in that AFC mix too. Sure, because um, yeah, well, he's probably 27, 28. so he's not exactly young, but he's on the right side of thirty. You know? Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, you guys Dak- have any big predictions for uh, the rest of the year? I, I have I have one more. You guys already heard one of my one of my other bold predictions. I mean, I, I still like my Miami pick, but now it's not looking so bold anymore. But right. I'm going to stick by that one. Um, yep. Outside of that, I just it's 
everything's kind of up and down, man. Every week, it feels like all these teams are just so close to each other. Um, I, I don't. I, it's it's hard to really see something crazy dramatic happening. I want the Jets to win as many games as possible, but they f- just refuse to win. No, oh. don't steal my other one. <laughs> <laughs> my other bull prediction is that the is that, Jets you think they are the second team now? ever. 0-16. Yeah, the, the second team ever to do it. That's my. That was my next bold prediction. I mean, if you look at their schedule, it's hard. I mean, they 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 play who we just we we love. We love the Chargers. We love the Dolphins, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. Like the only game is the Raiders because I could see the Raiders dropping that game. Right, like I, that would be just such a game that that Oakland drops is at the Jets. But I mean, outside of that, they don't have a winning like oh like oh yeah you know they're playing the Bengals or they're playing the Jaguars. They don't have a fifty fifty game on their on their schedule. There, it's really looking, especially after their choke job on Monday night. I that's I think they're gonna go zero sixteen. Sure. If yeah, New England yeah. goes four and twelve and beats the Jets twice, I'm gonna be livid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of all the teams that surprise you on DVOA, uh, the stats we were talking about earlier, <laughs> Jets being ranked 32nd, so unsurprising. They're 32nd ranked in offense and 28th ranked in defense. That is a bad fucking team. Really, the, the, really. The bad. thing that surprises me—I hate to go back to DVOA—but New England being 31st on defense. Now I know they had a lot of guys opt out and that and and their offenses put them in a lot of bad situations with DVOA cancels that out. Uh, but I can't believe they're thir- the 31st defense in the they're league. They're spending the entire game on the field. Yeah. The, yep. the, the the offense can't sustain a drive. The amount of three and outs and just non-competitive third down plays is just it's remarkable. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a bad team. Um, so Ryan Rosillo uh, is a guy I listen to a lot, and he he updates every week his rankings on who's winning the on the on the Brady Bilichek um, you know war or whatever the fuck that is that's going on. And he had an interesting take this this week. He was like, these teams are both are Brady played so bad last week that somehow Bill Bilichek in this terrible win against the clearly worst team in the league has risen above Brady. Like he's like, that's how little I think of Brady's performance last week, but who, who who ultimately gets the best of that, of that rivalry between Brady and check. I don't think we can really decide it this season. I mean, Brady's 43 and he's plugged into a very good roster. So if he succeeds, he's in a very good roster. If he's terrible and he's, he's 43 Belichick on the other side doesn't have Brady, but on paper, I mean, that that, it's probably the worst roster he's ever had. And they had seven starters opt out for COVID. Um, they lost their, you know, their quarterback walked. They got no compensation for it. The, the, there wasn't really a lot of equity because you've been picking in the back end of the first round for the last two decades. There wasn't a lot there. So I, I don't think you can definitive, definitively say one or the other based on this season. Now, if you want to go back and try to, to you know, analyze, use statistics and advanced stats to figure out you know, during the course of the run, Great, have at it. But no, I don't think anything definitive is happening in a 2020 season with a terrible New England roster and a 43-year-old Tom Brady. Agree with you there. Agree with you there. For so sure. I, I got one question. Is is Baker Mayfield playing for his job um, the second half of the season? I mean, they're not going to really have many options, you know, because they're just good enough that they can't really draft a guy. Yeah. Um, they're, they're past the point where they have those multiple first-round picks. 
So they don't really have a lot of options. They kind of just have what they have. Um, and so they kind of ha- they have to make it do with Baker Mayfield because they still have a really good roster. Um, do they? Miles again, Garrett, go to DVOA, the 23rd best team. I mean, Miles I, Garrett been... is having a quiet defensive player of the year season. Yeah. It's not getting a lot of hype. But he's got nine sacks. Like he's been a force, four force fumbles. He's he's like, I, I he's probably my front runner for defensive player of the year. So you guys laughed at me. You guys do that often and most of the time justify. But I said, how is that contributing to the defense? And you guys said, are, are you kidding me? You can have a one man wrecking crew on a defense. Yes, he is having that, but the defense is 19th in the league. Like, you know, well, he, yeah, he's, nobody else is covering what's happening on. He has, he has nine sacks. What happened on the other 395 plays this in the last couple weeks? Yeah, the, I mean, the reality with that defense is that they've had a lot of high draft picks and they've whiffed on so many of them. So many Thanks. DBs, so many safeties and corners have just flopped. I think, I think Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward are probably their only hits. Yeah. For straight up, and Denzel Ward is great, and so is Miles Garrett. But besides that, like you look at these guys that they kind of just went out, like Jabril Peppers, you know, like all these guys that they fucking drafted and then just got rid of because they were terrible. Um, they they fucking Dorsey, you know, they went through a bad stream of GMs just like they went through a bad stream of coaching. Um, and and despite themselves, they've put together like a decent team, but with all the picks that they've had, it's just so Browns. That they yeah. fuck up all these picks. Yeah, I, I got to quit saying that, you know, bold prediction. They're going to have a, a losing record. I've, I've said that like the past two or three overreaction shows. DVOA has them as the 23rd best team. So um, 23rd best teams normally have losing records. And the big so, problem um, with that that defense, too, is so you look, they have Denzel Ward, they have Miles Garrett, the two times they've hit on defense. But I, I've said this a lot, and I'll probably always say it, is in order to have an elite defense, you have to have – a superstar at every level and they are terrible at the linebacking position. Right. Yep. yep. Bad, really bad. bad. Really bad. <laughs> like, so I, I, can you even name a linebacker on that team? Nope. 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 <laughs> Schobert, Schubert, Schobert, he left for Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, but that's, that was, that was the only halfway decent one that they had. So guys, I don't want to go game by game this week, but there are some, some phenomenal games this week that I do want to kind of touch on a few of them. Um, the number one game I think this week is Seattle at LA. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's a great game for a number of reasons. Uh, number one being that uh, the Rams have had a really soft schedule so far, um, and so I really want to see how they perform against a team like Seattle. They're one in uh, three against non NFC East teams. So. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So I think their DVO rankings. You know, we were talking about how how surprisingly good they are. I think those may be a little bit inflated because of their early schedule. Um, although that does, it does factor that in and kind of, um, you know, etch that out. So it should, it should factor or it should compensate for that. But I really want to see what the Rams have. Can, can Sean McVay out coach Pete Carroll in this game at home? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. damn, you're talking about two elite coaches on that one. Uh, can, can I say can I say push and I'm gonna take the talent and go with Seattle because I I don't think I can choose who's a better coach out of those two. The Rams are favored by two, which blew yep. my mind. I mean, it it really it just shows how little faith uh, a Vegas odds makers have in how bad Seattle's defense is because their offense is so fucking good. 
But that defense, it's, it's bottom five. That it's, line it's will bad. change. 87% of money is on Seattle. So that, that line is going to adjust. So if you, it, it's if you really, like Seattle, grab it now because that line's going to change. It's a, it's a bad matchup for Seattle, too, if you think about it. I mean, they have a bad pass defense and what the Rams do really well. Uh, right. They're going to come at you with multiple receivers. And the weakness on the Seahawks from an offensive standpoint is their interior offensive line. Uh, Aaron Darnold's going to be hanging out in the middle causing havoc like i just it's a bad matchup i kind of I, I like the rams this week yeah the, see the, i i kind of do too uh the points actually did start it's actually moved more in the Rams side uh over the course of the week i agree that it will move back towards seattle but it started out with the rams only being favored by one um and now they're they're favored by two um i think this game is really interesting i i personally think seattle is going to win it uh but i i do you know i think it's i do think it's a a really interesting game betting wise uh i love this as a just money line seattle bet bet them right now while while the rams are two-point favorites i think this could even end up being a push game in terms of vegas so if you like seattle i agree bet them right now but guys russell wilson's not gonna have two bad games in a row um and jared goff is jared goff so i think those are the two biggest factors now the rams defense how that performs against Russell Wilson, that's that's ultimately what's going to decide this game. Yeah, th- another two factors that I think that I heard today um, on, on NFL Network, the Rams had a bye, so they've had a lot of time to prepare for this game. Uh, right. and we were just talking about McVay is a, a top-flight coach. So, you know, you give him this much time to game plan against a team, you got to like their odds. But then, on the flip side, you should see what Russell Wilson's record is uh, after a loss. He's something like, 43 and 17 like his his record after a loss he doesn't lose two in a row so it's like it's man it's it's this is an extremely tough game to pick and i will probably be staying clear of it because man it's you're right this is definitely definitively the best game of the week i mean seattle has no run game right now because all the running backs are injured chris carson may or may not play it's looking like he probably won't but that could change um yeah, I I just think you know, it it, it is it's it's one of these games. I don't know if I'd touch it either from a betting perspective, but if I had to, I'd go Seattle. I do like him at plus money. I think they're the better team. But man, McVeigh with two weeks and Derek's points about the the Rams' strengths and the Seattle's we there's a lot of signs that point to Seattle should lose this game, which is why I think Russell Wilson will pull it out. <laughs> So there's there's three other things that jump out at me looking at the schedule. Uh, I just want to hit on the, those three things. One, Carolina, or, or sorry, the Cardinals and the Bills. I think that's going to be a great game. And I, I like the Cardinals there. Um, I think the Bills at seven and two are not as good uh, as they are in, in the wins and loss column. And I, I think I think the Cardinals beat them there. Um, why the NFL hasn't flexed the Ravens and Patriots out of Sunday night makes no sense to me. That's great. not a primetime game. That's going to be such a shit show. Uh, I don't know how that's how you don't flex a game like the Bills and Cardinals to that spot or flex uh, the game we just talked about to that spot. I don't I don't understand why that's going to be a primetime game. And I'm excited to see the Vikings expose the five and four Bears on Monday Night Football. Yeah, the fact that they're two and a half point favorites against the sh- Chicago on the road is really interesting. I mean, the, the Vikings really are. They're coming together. The, their defense is really coming together, um, which is pretty interesting. I didn't actually think that would happen this year. But um, another great game this week is uh, Buffalo at Arizona. Uh, talk about uh, just two two teams that are kind of, you know, they're kind of standing on the outside looking in. 
Uh, you wouldn't call either of these teams, you know, the best in their conference, but they could be. You know, they've shown streaks, both of them, that they can be elite teams at times, but they just seem to fall in these weird spots. Uh, Arizona's favored by one and a half. Um, this is another game that I don't know that I want to touch, you know, because I, I was so confident that Seattle was going to beat Buffalo last week. And man, I look dumb now. But uh, yeah, Arizona being one and a half point favorites against Buffalo. I'm not, I'm not touching this shit. At least you didn't go on a gambling show and call Seattle your lock of the week. Like, <laughs> like I did. But yeah, in regards to this game, ah, man, I know we just said Arizona doesn't have a bad defense. You know, look, look, look at where they're at. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. I think this is, this might be one of the most entertaining games uh, of the week. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks, uh, a lot of big plays. I could see like a 50 yard rushing touchdown by Josh Allen. I could see an 80 yard, uh, you know, Hopkins touchdown. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of big plays. I think this is going to be the most enjoyable game to watch, but I'm with, I'm with you, Joe. I, I don't know who's going to win this game. Um, I think it's a phenomenal line. Uh, I could definitely see Arizona winning this by three. Um, so take the it, bills. Uh, at two and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fade me. Definitely fade me. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Uh, any other topics you want to get to? Uh, do we think, do we think the Buccaneers bounce back? Do, do we think, uh, it's, it's a return to form or do you think what we saw the, the lack of run game, the susceptible to big plays do, do we see another letdown week from Tampa Bay or do you see them right back to what they were doing before last week? I think they're going to whoop up Carolina. Honestly, I, I, I love Carolina this year. I really do, but I don't, I think they're overperforming their, uh, their, their talent. Um, Tampa's favorite at five and a half. I actually love them to cover. And uh, I think Tampa's going to just absolutely destroy him this week. I, I, I really, really, truly do. Uh, Tom Brady never has two games like that back to back. He's embarrassed. When Tom Brady's embarrassed, when he's being called out, God, that motherfucker rises to the occasion every single time. Uh, and- with another game with Antonio Brown, I just think they're going to crush him personally. I know he's 43, so it's hard to compare to everything else. But if you look at that, so that's the worst loss of his career he's coming off of. Yes. If you look at the next three bad losses, the the the, the three, you know, two through four, he won the Super Bowl every one of those years. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And we've been talking about DVA, DVOA the whole show. Uh, the Bucks are still firmly in that number two spot. Um, and that offense at 13th, I think they're better than that. I think they're still a top 10 offense. So. I think that I think I think the Bucks are have no problem the rest of the year. No, I think the the whole goal you bring in Tom Brady in a situation like this. You're, you, the goal is to deliver him to that moment, deliver yep. him to the point where he's down four. It's the last drive of the Super Bowl. That's what the Bucks. The rest of that roster's job is to l- deliver him to that moment and let him do what he does. I, I fully believe that. Yep. Cool. Great. That's all I got. What about you, what about you Brandon? You think. Think they'll, Yo, they'll I, I think that game's very ugly. Um, I think that's going to be probably the most forgettable game because that has blowout of the week written all over it. Fair. Yep. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Spike to Tunisia says that we are done. But, uh, hey, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please give us a like or subscribe. And um, any closing thoughts? Here's the Washington football team hosting a playoff game, baby. Right. Yes. Yes. 
My, the Miami Dolphins and Washington football team winning divisions in 2020. What a fucking world. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Uh, All right, guys. This is Sports Memory Podcast. Have a great night. See ya.